0: Welcome to the Church Brand Guide Podcast. My name is Michael Persad, and today I am very excited about this episode because we're going to be talking about marketing. We're going to focus a lot on marketing, and we're actually going to have a two-part series uh, with this guest that we have on today. He's just an amazing guest that has brought a lot of information, and uh, instead of trying to give it to you all at once, we're going to break it down a little bit. So in this episode, this uh, part one of two, we're going to have a discussion on branding and on marketing. We we want to help you understand the difference between branding and marketing and then also understand how to leverage both of them together to then see amazing growth take place in your church. So we, uh, we're we talking with a guest. His name is Ryan Wakefield, and Ryan is a marketing expert. His back background is uh, in marketing. Uh, he has a degree in marketing and also has worked at a mega church, over eight thousand members at the time he was there. Um he's also worked with a church plant uh, more recently, so he's been on both sides of uh, the the spectrum as far as churches go. Um the church plant has seen an incredible amount of growth, and ryan um, has been running their marketing, and uh, they've seen uh, growth from when they started of about forty people coming together to to start the plant. And then, um, just in recent weeks, to have been averaging over a thousand people in less than three years. So Ryan is going to be sharing with us a lot of the marketing concepts uh, that he's applied. So he it's not only just theory and knowledge, but it's an application. He's seen this stuff in action. Ryan is about to launch a course called Church Marketing University, which is designed to teach church leaders and church creative people about marketing. So from top to bottom, Ryan walks through the different uh, marketing concepts that are available for churches, everything from social media, print media, and how to make those things work together, videos, websites, um, covers just everything you could possibly think of. Um, he's, he's had a, a tremendous amount of experience with all these different types of uh, marketing uh, tactics, and he breaks down the principles and uh, is able to do that in this course called Church Marketing University which will be released uh, very soon in the spring of 2016. So it's going to be an incredible thing. He shares a lot of knowledge with us on these podcast episodes, and uh, that's why I said earlier we're going to break it down into two, uh, two parts because there's just so much going on. So right now, let's get right to it, and let's talk with Ryan Wakefield. All right, I'm here today with Ryan Wakefield, and we're going to be getting into a bunch of different things. I feel this conversation can go in a lot of different directions, but we're going to keep it focused as much as we can on the big idea of marketing in the church world. So, uh, Ryan, welcome to the uh, podcast. It's
1: great to be here.
0: Yeah, can you uh, just introduce yourself a little bit? I I can't do it justice, so... Oh, my word.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. Well, uh, currently working on a brand new solution for church leaders called Church Marketing University. And this journey really started uh, almost two decades ago for me when I went to uh, Bible college of all places at Evangel University and uh, went there as a Bible major and a marketing minor wanting to go into youth ministry. So if you were born 1980 or before, you probably remember a world in church world where you had like four options if you wanted to be called in the ministry. You could be like a, a lead pastor, associate pastor, kids, music, and youth. So that was kind of what you were limited to. Now, now the, the landscape has changed. So I wanted, felt called into uh, youth ministry, went to uh, Evangel. And then uh, for some reason, I really had an interest in, in business and marketing as well. And so at that time, I thought, well, I'll minor in this, and you know, my major will be in Bible. And when I would tell people that, I got the weirdest looks. Like I'm, weird looks, like strange, like what? It, it just like didn't compute the two worlds colliding. And then after the weird looks kind of subsided, they would say, well, what are you going to do, sell Bibles? And that literally over and over again, and after I punched them in the face, not really. But, you know, then, and honestly, at the time, I really didn't know. I just felt like God had given me a passion for the church and, for some strange reason, a passion for marketing. So that was kind of the journey that started almost two decades ago for me. And since that time, uh, you know, I've really tried my best to almost become a translator, in terms of taking some of the principles you learn in marketing, in business, and saying, okay, how can we apply those over into the, into the church world? And so that's what I've done for a number of years in a number of different ways, serving in, in local churches as a creative director, doing consulting across the country, specifically with like capital campaigns, and then um, now uh, working as both a creative director uh, somewhat part church uh planter on a church planning team here in Kansas City and uh doing a number of different things. One of those the new endeavor being launching church marketing university. So that's kind of the last you know twenty years in a in a nutshell for me and how I got to this point and uh skipping over a lot but that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea.
0: Yeah, very good. I think uh we'll begin to unpack some of those uh parts of your background as we get into some of this stuff. Um Yeah, so I've admired kind of what you've done with some of the the churches that I've seen you work with, Um, even work with non-churches or uh, other uh, organizations that are not necessarily churches. And the the results are great, and the fact that you're able to teach uh, I think is a great component to that too. So not only do you help the organizations, but you're able to help them understand kind of the why behind a lot of that stuff. And I think with church leaders, especially, that's important uh, to understand why the the why behind it's important. Why 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 market? Why try to brand yourself? Um, it's uh it's important to do it, but it's even more important, I think, to grab the why so that you do the right things. Yeah, sure. So with a uh, let's start with a baseline type of a thing. So let's let's define what marketing is as it concerns churches, and then we'll kind of build on top of that. So what would you say marketing is as it comes to churches?
1: Yeah, well. Jumping back to my time at Evangel in those marketing classes, uh, you quickly learn like the definitions for marketing are pretty boring. <laughs> They're normally like something about delivering products, prices, you know, services, determining promotions and placement. And, and quite honestly, back at that time, you know, there was nothing really that in the class that even talked about the church world and how that interfaced with marketing. And So, uh, you know, I quickly started to think, Okay, that's great, but I feel like God wants me to take this and, and translate it over into the church world. How can I do that? What does that look like? So for me, over the years, I've really come across or created somewhat three definitions of what I would consider is, is marketing that I think will uh, totally change the mindset for church leaders and pastors. If you can think of marketing this way, you stop thinking as, it, as something secular and something that the business world does, And much more something like okay this is something the church needs to pay attention to like this is not only is it important but it's actually vital to our vision and so uh, a couple of of those definitions one uh, in probably one of my most favorite uh, definitions of marketing is communicating who you are to people where they are Mm -hmm. so let me say that again communicating who you are to people where they are and so if you think of marketing In those terms, what's cool is uh, ultimately God becomes the best marketer or the best marketing model that we could ever have. Like the incarnation is the best. And I know it's weird to think in terms of this, but once you get your, your brain starts thinking this way, you're just like, you know what? That's absolutely true. God sending his son to earth becomes the greatest marketing tool ever that we've ever seen. God communicating who he is to people where they are Jesus coming to earth and fleshing out here's what God looks like here's what the kingdom of God looks like where people are living and so ultimately when I when uh, when my brain started seeing marketing in those terms I you know I was like man that is powerful because it, it totally flips that mindset of, you know, we need to keep the, you know, the sacred and the secular apart. So that was one of my, my first definitions that really started rolling in my brain on that. The second one that I, I like, because, again, it helps it helps with a pastor's mindset, is introducing your city to your church. So this concept of like, hey, we've got a church here, but we also have, our, and we have a heart to, to reach our city but there's the, the gap there, okay? How, 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 do we, how do we bridge that gap? And I've got a pastor friend, uh, Joel Triska, down in, in Dallas. He's in uh, Deep Alum pastors at a cool church there. And uh, he wrote a, a blog post that uh, maybe even a decade ago that has always challenged me with this idea of we got to stop thinking like pastors and start thinking like missionaries. And when a missionary goes into their culture not thinking that they have it all figured out but has to study their culture, go to school on the culture, learn the culture. And really, in order to reach cities, we kind of have to go to school on it. And that's where marketing can bridge that gap. It's almost like us thinking like missionaries, okay, how are we going to reach this culture? And what are we going to do? What systems are we going to put in place so that we are literally introducing our city to our church and ultimately our city to God? So that's that's a big endeavor, but it starts stretching a pastor's mind to think, Okay, if we want to do that, we literally have to have the tools. We have to have a system in place in order to do that. And so I honestly I think that should be every church's goal is at some point along the way we want to introduce the city to our church and ultimately the city to our, our God. And then lastly, uh, you know, as you can tell this, I'm, I'm passionate about this, but the third definition is uh, sharing your story in such a compelling way that it makes people want to be a part of it. So I love thinking in terms of marketing, in terms of story. So let me let me say that again, sharing your story in such a compelling way that it makes people want to be a part of it. So we're talking now that marketing becomes this idea of, of story and shared story and inviting people along on an adventure. It's not about, you know, slick salesy tactics, it's not about slimy and trying to get people that, to, not about manipulation, but it's literally like here's, the story of what God is doing in our church, in our lives, in people's lives in our church, come be a part of this adventure. And the goal is ultimately getting people to join, join their stories with your, your story. And so it, it really changes the way we start thinking and talking about marketing. Again, it's not this manipulation, but it's about sharing that story, inviting people to be along with it. So that's how I, I have personally come to terms and like, okay, here's how I can translate what I'm learning in, in the classroom, in the, you know, all the podcasts I listen to, the books I read. It's like, here's where I think pastors, if they would think of, of marketing in terms of this, where I think it would probably serve them the best.
0: Yeah, that is uh, really good. Um, I think that's a, we kind of run into the same uh, issues too when on the on the uh, branding side. I guess maybe we can get into that a little bit. What's yeah. the difference between branding and then marketing? Do you have sure. a good good kind of way to? go well, through that?
1: No, I love that because if you I think that third definition when you think in terms of story, so so marketing is how you're going to share your story and invite people along on the journey, right? So but branding is how your story is going to stay consistent so your story makes sense to people. Because if we were reading a story, you know, to our kids and the main character was named, you know, Fred in chapter 1 and in chapter 2 it's Sally. And in chapter three, the main character went from being a guy to being a turtle, right? Now all of a sudden your story makes no sense. Like, and you have no really compelling way to share that story because it's all over the map. So I think in branding is the consistency, it's the cohesion that makes your story make sense to people. So when they see your story in January and then they see your story again in July, like they understand that's the same story and you're starting a compelling reason for them to come be a part of it. So that's where I see uh, branding as a crucial part of marketing and a part of that storytelling in this, this adventure. So that's kind of how I would say the two kind of fit together. And we could get in the specifics and what does that look like and how does a logo play into that. But uh, I mean, that you're kind of the branding expert. So what would, I mean, what would your thoughts be on that?
0: I, uh, yeah, just to say, I think um, in a lot of ways, if you can get your branding in place first, basically yep. you define who you are first uh, then you're able to then put that out there so other yep. people can see that so I think having that clarity up front is something to fight for and it, a lot of times it is a fight you, yep. you have to ask yourselves tough questions like who are we trying to reach and uh, that's a tough one because everybody wants to say everyone right. but really you should be wrestling with that like who who are we really good at reaching and you right. need to wrestle through that and uh, you know with the core group of people that are within the church and uh, just figuring out exactly what you're um, what you're going after. And I think um, it, there's, a, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus, um, you know, when he first came on the scene, so to speak, and he's calling his first disciples, he saw uh, Peter and Andrew in the boat fishing, and um, he told them to basically cast the nets on the other side, and when they did it, they caught a bunch of fish. And then he says the phrase, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Hmm. And I think in a lot of ways, branding is a lot like fishing. And it's a lot like... Um, uh, being a good fisherman, uh, it, takes, it takes a lot of skill, it takes a lot of the right tools, and it takes the knowledge on how to use those tools, and that you have to know who you, what kind of fish you're going after. Yep. So being, ab- being able to identify the type of, um, I guess in the church term, it's the, the type of audience that you want to try to go after, um, figuring out who they are, what do they, what do they look like, what are their tendencies, what do they respond to, what are their pain points. Different things like that, uh, that that just help you paint this picture of who the, the people are. and it's not just one person, it's probably maybe it's three, maybe it's four, maybe it's five different people that you were you just really, really good at reaching. So if you can, if you can build your brand and your vision around that and create this structure and the system that allows you to reach those those types of people, then you're going to be effective like a, like a, like a fisherman who studies, the type of fish he's trying to catch. You know, some some fish are down low, some are up, up on the sides, and you've got to use the right type of tools. And I, I think uh, as a church, you're you you um, you're able to unify a lot of people to then go after more fish. Because as, as a church, you, you can fish as an individual, but as a church, you can um, unify people you could do big events. You could do big gatherings, and every sing- every single Sunday, there's a chance for many people to come together, yeah. and several people to come to the knowledge of Christ uh, through your efforts. So it's like you're using a net. Yeah. You know, you're you're able to uh, instead of one hook, you're using a net in in a way. But uh, if you can attract the right people and, and use the right tools, and uh, you know that's that's a huge conversation. That you know, tools and, and all that yeah. stuff is a huge conversation because there's a lot of different methods that you can use. Um, I think you can be genuine to the, what the gospel says. You know, you yeah. don't have to do anything that, like you were saying earlier. It's not, it's not sleazy. It's a very, it's a very genuine thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think a good brand is a very genuine brand. Yep. It's representing um, God for, in the first place, like who He is, yep. His character, and who He is, and then also representing your church because your church is going to be unique um, from every other church and for every 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 other. Uh, organization that's out there. You can, you have a unique vision that's specific to your church and your community that you're in. So you can be very, very genuine in how you put that together as a brand. Yep. And then, and then you can, you know, once you, once you wrestle through that process, then you, you, you go out there and you, you start sure. to put it out there and, and share it and market it.
1: Yeah. I love the fact when you said start with the branding first. Uh, and that's so true. So if you're listening to this as a church leader, you need to start there because it's it's literally like you're writing your story and it's going to take you a little bit of time to get a compelling story and then it's time to go out and share that story I mean it would be uh, pretty ridiculous to go out and start paying money and putting all this time into sharing a story that you haven't written yet or m- maybe you haven't taken the time so it's not compelling so you get out there and you're spending time to be you know get an audience and. Uh, It's just you haven't really honed in your story. So if if the brand part is really honing in on your story, figuring out who your audience is, now when you get something that's compelling, man, now it's time to go share it. And that's where the marketing tactical side, I think, really kicks in where you're like, okay, we've got a compelling story here. We're ready to share this. Now what practically, what tactically can we go out and do to get our story in front of people so that they can start seeing what's happening and then give them the opportunity to join in. Uh, so I, th- I think that's absolutely um, crucial. And I could geek out on fishing analogies. <laughs> I know you probably didn't know this, but I am a uh, little bit of a fishing fan. Oh, I yeah. watch, I'm probably one of the rare few that actually watches fishing on TV and uh, follow the Bassmasters classic. And so I could go all day on on fishing but uh we'll save that for our other podcast fishing in america
0: uh, that's good uh well that actually kind of reminds me of another point like some people are really good at this, at this stuff mm-hmm. and uh as a church leader if you're listening to this you might be good at this stuff or you might not be um you know as a as a especially if you're a pastor a lead pastor your gifting your calling is going to be to present the gospel for the most part give or take um so you may or may not have the giftings to do something like like what we're talking about today. You should learn about it, and you should begin to have the knowledge of how to do it, um, just so that you can get the right people in place that can help you do it, yep. that are gifted at this stuff. And um, I think uh, there was a there's a there's a reference in um, I believe it was Exodus chapter 31, where Moses is leading the masses, and um, God told him to build a tabernacle, and He gave Moses like all these instructions. Here's what you got to do. Uh, I'm not a theologian, but everything meant something, you know, it it represented God in some way and it was supposed to be like the nicest materials, you know, and everything like that. But then God told him to get somebody to help him out because Moses is not gifted at crafting and all this stuff. He's the leader of the people. So you got this guy named Bezalel and Bezalel was gifted and he was, he was a craftsman and the Bible talks about he was gifted in all these different areas. So then he was the guy that executed all the plans that God had given to Moses. And he did it with skill. And uh, he actually got a team together. A holy ab was his kind of uh, companion. So the Bible actually talks about this in a, in a more specific way than we might think, uh, where, where it talks about, hey, you know, as a church leader, you can surround yourself with people that are very gifted at this stuff. Yeah. And God wants to be represented very well in the community. So you have to be uh, intentional to do that. And you've got to be skillful to do that.
1: And there, there could be a, a leader listening that's like, okay, I get that, but why? Why do I really need to do this? I mean, it isn't, you know, if I preach the gospel, and won't God just bring whoever needs to, to be here? And I love what you were saying in, like, your fishing analogy was, you know, the fish didn't just jump in the boat. You know, there was a, instructions on how to fish. There were tools given to, to catch the fish. And I think in our own journey at Summit Park Church, you know, we're a church two and a half years old. And in the last four months alone, we've seen over 150 people make decisions to follow Christ. And when we do uh, surveys, we, we, have them, we send them an email survey and ask them questions like, okay, how did you hear about the church? And it's cool to see all these people who are committing their life to Christ say, I got a, I got a mailer, I saw it on Facebook, or I did a Google search, and, or I saw your signage you know, out and about in the community. And you just think... God is using these tools to bring people. So if you're a leader, you're thinking, why do I need to pay attention to this? The reason why is because of the Great Commission. This is a tool in order to invite people along in the story and and to be able to share uh, about God. Because your preaching may be great, but if people don't know about your church... Then how are they ever going to come hear the gospel? You know we see that throughout uh, Paul's writings. You know somebody's got to go and tell them. And going back to the missionary idea, marketing is is a way in our culture, in American culture, how we go and tell them. Um, I was listening. I remember in this formative stage of thinking and marketing, and, and at Evangel University, listening to Bill Hybels. I, I could geek out on Bill Hybels' leadership lessons as well. And uh, used to get his CD monthly. And I remember him talking about. The competition. What is the church's competition? I was like, okay, that's a marketing concept here. Okay, Bill, what are you going to say? And he's like, well, it's not first Methodist down the church. It's not first Baptist. A church's competition is people's, any alternative use of time than coming to church is now your competition. So literally, our competition is, you know, all all the television shows out there, movies, the spending time at, at uh, the park or baseball game so we're literally competing against businesses and organizations for people's time and attention that are spending millions of dollars on marketing to get them so thinking like a missionary we have to understand where our culture's is What what is our understanding of what makes people make decisions to, to then turn into behavior and so part of that I think it's our responsibility as missionaries to our cultures to understand this realm what are people doing to make decisions we're never going to be able to compete nor should we, maybe against million-dollar budgets, but the church world has something to offer that, you know, the Royals here in Kansas City can't offer people. You know, we have the ultimate, the message, but we also have to understand how to get people aware of that message and invite them along. So that's uh, some of the thing, you know, that going in my mind. If if you're a church leader and wondering, okay, why is this important? It's important because it's absolutely vital for you reaching your city. So.
0: Yeah, and I think it's modeled, again, uh, just uh, the whole approach you just talked about. You know, uh, uh, I remember there's a, there's a passage in Acts. I like reading the book of Acts because it's the early church. Mm-hmm. And their challenge was like, this new thing, how do you get it out there to wow. where people respond to it? So in the book of Acts, if you look at it through the lens of marketing and, uh, and branding, like if you just reread it and just kind of look at it through those lenses, it's kind of funny what kind of stands out to you uh, that maybe on the spiritual side maybe not stand out like, you, like you're used to reading the Bible. But uh, there's a passage, I think it's Acts 17, and uh, Paul's walking through Athens. He goes to Athens. And Athens is a very um, kind of a hip uh, area at that time. They, uh, they were really open to new ideas. So he's in Athens, and he starts to walk around, and it says that he noticed a bunch of idols. Uh, there's idols all over the place, and it disturbed his spirits, kind of what the Bible said, Um, but he used that, like later on he gets to address the people of Athens and he used that. He basically, he starts his message by saying, hey, I see that there's a bunch of idols around and you even have an idol to an unknown God. Hmm. So then he starts his message, message by saying, I'm here to tell you about the unknown God. And then he goes into Jesus and talks about Jesus. And so he basically uses their, their love of idols and, and their knowledge base. And then he uses that to introduce this big idea of Jesus. And it worked. They asked him to come back like the next week and talk again. And you know,
1: so um, the ultimate uh, compliment. <laughs> hey, come back and, and talk some more, will ya? Now, I that's awesome. I love how you're just a you are a Bible scholar. But you know, I we see that at Summit Park Church. One of the things that we've been intentional about our brand is we want it to be targeted towards guys. We want guys to love coming to church because what we've noticed in our culture is. A lot of times the the wife or girlfriend comes, but the guy's like, I don't want to have anything to do with, with church. So we wanted to intentionally set out to target men that they would love coming to church. And so we hear that all the time. In my small group, we have a family coming that says, you know, we started coming because this is a church that Matt likes. You know, we hear, honestly, we hear that almost weekly or monthly where there's a guy that would never ever go to church and finally the wife's like, just come. And so we use things like, A lot of times, Pastor Scott's using things like sports analogies. I mean, we're in a series now called The Fight, which our intro video is about this, you know, boxer getting ready for this big fight. But we're talking about, you know, the spiritual fight and spiritual realities. But we start from where a lot of times these guys are, you know. And now they're they're getting it. They're liking the church. They're understanding it. uh, And it's relating, you know, how does this spiritual fight, you know, tie over to the fight for your marriage and the fight for your family and and the the greater spiritual realities of the fight going on so we I love that because it's a lot what Paul did start where the culture understands and then bring it to the spiritual reality that people need and so that's a little bit of a a aside on on our brand and what we're doing uniquely but that's how you can specifically set out to write okay this is our unique story and then tactically how you start reaching people on that and I know we're gonna get into tactics here in a bit but just let me give you an example on this technically what this looks like so as we're launching the fight i'm running facebook ads and so this is this is for us this was the week after easter so we did this big promotion on easter getting people to come back and because we don't want to have what I would call a next week crash, where you have this big event, and then the next week nobody shows up. That probably is a, is a symptom that you have a marketing problem. So we do everything we can not to have that happen. So we're launching this new series. I'm running these Facebook ads. But I'm targeting Facebook ads demographically for um, ladies age like 20 to 40. And the ones in Facebook that they're into, that they're married, and I'm, the ads are basically a hook, something along the lines of, uh, you know, your your husband will love this church, or looking for your church, your your boyfriend will like, you know. And so, and honestly, it was one of the better performing ads we had because it was resonating with our market. You know what, I am. I've been trying to get my husband to go to church for years, and we just stopped going all together because he hated church. And so the, the week after Easter, we had uh, 11 new families. Those are just families that had kids that we know we'd checked in, and we had Connect Cards on that. The week after that, we had uh, 12 additional new families. So, I mean, we didn't have a, a crash the week after Easter. We actually are just continued to experience that momentum. But that's how we're strategically taking our brand, our story, marketing tactics, and kind of how they all align with reaching people. And again, I've already mentioned how many of those people are making decisions uh, to follow Christ. And we have a lot of people that are still like, hey, my husband's coming, he's loving it. He hasn't made a decision to follow God, but he's leaving here saying, you know what? Uh, I've never felt this before in my life. I'm starting to understand uh, what God is all about. So it's cool to see how that, that brand is impacting families.
0: So that was Ryan Wakefield, and we talked a lot about uh, marketing and branding and basically how those two things work together. Ryan got into some practical um, applications towards the end of the uh, episode, and like I mentioned earlier in our introduction to the podcast, there's actually two parts to this this episode, this, um, this recording with Ryan. In the next part, part two, we'll have a lot more practical application. Ryan gets into the nitty-gritty of... Um, applying a lot of the marketing efforts and, and uh, how, how it's been effective in different ways um, as he's been working with churches. So make sure you get part two next week when it comes out so you can complete this conversation that we had with Ryan Wakefield. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode. I hope it's something that inspires you, that maybe brings some clarity and, uh, and also drives you further to get your church into a good position branding-wise and also marketing-wise so that you can get your uh, inner, inner core established, the, the who you are established and written down, the vision, and get that in place. And then begin to go beyond the walls with that to reach as many people as you can possibly reach with that message. One of the things I love to do on our podcast is to share a book. Uh, a resource that will help you as a church, a way to think differently. Um, so, one of the things I do is I present to you an idea outside of the church world. Many times it's outside of the church world. And the book today is called Delivering Happiness A Path to Profits, Passion, and Purpose. And this book is about Zappos. It's the Zappos story. If you don't know what Zappos is, um, basically it's a company that started by selling shoes online. This book breaks down the story of Zappos, how they got started. Very interesting, very interesting story about how this company got started and the ups and the downs um, and the determination that it took to get this company off the ground. So that's inspiring uh, for anybody that's um, leading anything. Um, It's just a wonderful story. But then it gets into the culture of Zappos and the culture they've intentionally created to deliver the absolute best customer service that you can imagine. So if you were to ask somebody at Zappos like what business they're in, they wouldn't say selling shoes or selling anything right now to sell more than shoes. But they would say they're in the customer service business. And their goal is to provide the best customer service that you can you can imagine, that you're going to come across. And the, the book itself tells uh, how they do this, the systems in place that they do, that they have to help that happen. And it shares some stories of how some of the Zappos employees have gone way out of their way to to make this a reality it's very inspirational especially especially for a a church leader because churches are really in the same business we're we're in the business of customer service and it sounds weird to say it but the truth is when somebody comes to your church and they visit um we're supposed to make them feel welcome and um and help them feel like they belong and that's kind of what customer service is you know you go out of your way to help somebody feel like they belong and to serve them. And in the church, we should be the best at doing this. So I think this book is, is a great inspiration. It, it gives some very practical ideas on how you can make this happen, how you can develop a culture of customer service. Or I shouldn't say customer, because I think it might throw some people off, but just a culture of, of service within your church organization so that you can really uh, touch people where they are. So you know can can somebody find where the uh the nursery is? Can somebody find where the bathrooms are? Do you have a system in place? Are they welcomed? Well, are they allowed to feel comfortable and then uh, approach somebody when they're ready? Uh there's just different things that uh you can do as a church to help people feel welcomed in your church. And I think this book will help you think about that, especially from a different perspective. So the book itself is called Delivering Happiness and it's the Zappos story. So make sure you check it out. I think it's just going to help you to think a little differently. So we are also going to have a resource that Ryan will provide to help uh, score your marketing efforts. And uh, Ryan's going to provide this as a free download. So make sure you visit the blog and check out that free uh, free uh, uh, download. It's, it's a PDF that you can take this quiz on. And it's going to help you to rate your church and, and see where you're at on your marketing efforts. You can find that resource on the blog at churchbrandguide.com. Hey, one thing to mention is that we would really appreciate if you rated the podcast on iTunes and leave a comment for us. We we will read every single one of them. We want to improve and be better at what we're doing so we can provide some great, great value for churches. Um, So please take a moment to subscribe, to rate the podcast, and to leave a comment. I just really would appreciate that. Thanks again for joining us this week. You can also join us on Instagram and Facebook, and I'll see you next time.